0: Hey everybody, welcome to Girls Gone Hallmark, a bonus episode of Long Story Short, the podcast. I'm Megan. I'm Wendy. And on these bonus episodes, we like to dig into the latest offerings from Hallmark movies. I am the lifelong Hallmark fan, and Wendy is the reluctant movie watcher these days. Old days. Reluctant movie watcher. You get excited to watch a Hallmark movie. Pretty hyped for the Countdown to Christmas. I am too. (laughs) I am too. Outside of the podcast, you can always find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. We are at Megan and Wendy in all of those places. You can always email us too, like your thoughts about these podcasts or your own reviews of the movie, whatever. Wendy at gmail.com. Speaking of email, last week we put out our Countdown to Christmas preview episode where we went through each of the 40 movies and weighed in on our thoughts. And that was a very fun episode to record and we got some feedback. I'm anxious to hear it. This is from Rena. Thank you so much for your detailed email. I got very nervous when I opened up the email and it was long. I thought, oh, what did we do? But it was lovely. It's lovely, but there's there's some feedback. Okay. Hi, very much enjoyed the episode, but wanted to send you a few thoughts, notes, as a dyed-in-the-wool Hallmark fan, and because I am a Deck the Hallmark double-decker, as it were, I am part of a weekly Hallmark watch group through their private Facebook page. So I watch a lot of Hallmark movies. I'm also recovering from cancer surgery, so I have a bunch of time on my hands. Although, heading back to work virtually today. Yay! I think I mentioned previously that I work with Broadway shows. That's so exciting. Corey Sevier. His last name is pronounced the French way. Sevier. Yeah, I think I I think I well, I know for sure I butchered it in that episode. I think I called him Seaver. And I know this because I saw a commercial with him in it last night, and they said it the proper way. So sorry. He's also doing a gaff movie this year, which is Somewhat put me off him, but I'll watch the movie in any case. And a note for the lis- listeners Gaff used to be Gack. Great American Family, also yep. known as the non woke movie channel. Yes. Patty Murin is actually a Broadway star. She was Princess Anna for the entire run of Frozen on Broadway. She's also married to Colin Donnell, and they were in a Hallmark movie together called To Catch a Spy. She was also in Holiday for Heroes. Oh. The Jodie Sweetin movie has a backstory. It was originally called... What? Christmas Under Wraps. Okay. Two. Part two? Christmas Under Wraps was a Candace Cameron Bure movie from many years ago. Get out. Some people look at it as a cult classic because of how weird the storyline is. Okay, go ahead. Some of the main characters in the CCB movie move over to this movie, including the main love interest. Some of us are very curious as to how they will explaining this. Okay, so but they changed the title of it, right? Indeed. That's definitely one of the movies I will be watching. I'm so excited for Jodie Sween and I think it's so funny. Like, you think that was on purpose? Well, I don't think it wasn't on purpose. Oh, so the backstory drama, I'm dying to hear. That movie is on our list of movies to review this year. Ellen Travolta is John's sister. Oh, hey. Hey, thank you. (laughs) She has a small part in Greece, but has done a lot of character work in her life. Also... I can't believe you haven't seen Victor Webster. He's done a number of Hallmark Christmas movies, including Five Star Christmas, and he is very, very hot. I looked up Victor Webster. I'm looking him up. Hold on. Go ahead. He played a absolute jackass on the TV show Working Moms. Oh. Excuse me. Working Moms? Work. Oh, he did. He is very hot. He is. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I apologize because I actually, I I have seen him.
1: (laughs) He has made
0: an impression. It looks like he was also on Days. Oh, who did he play on Days? Uh, Nicholas Alamein. Oh, I don't know who that I is. I'd have to, is. to ask my husband, who's the the resident Days fan in this house. Did you know Days migrated to Peacock? They're not even on NBC anymore. No, I didn't. My husband's real salty about it. Do you guys have Peacock? <laughs> we do now. <laughs> <laughs> but that you still have to watch commercials. With I watch that, commercials on my Peacock with that. So he's like his concession one of my very good friends works for days and so he told him i will watch this show but in concession for having to watch commercials i will now fast forward through more of the parts that i don't like oh (laughs) so he's not giving up more of his time but i will say wrap this up peacock commercial breaks are quite short they're only 60 seconds 60 seconds yes yeah they show the countdown they do they do i i can deal i can deal all right what else what else we got in her email (sighs) that is it Thank you so much for that feedback. That was love very it. helpful. I love it. Love it. More emails. Please email us guys. I mean, we don't claim to know all the Hallmark ins and outs and we love it when our listeners do. So email us. To quote and fellow podcasters, we're not experts. We're just two friends who like to talk about Hallmark movies. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Can we do Hallmark news? Yes. You have news too, right? I do. I just want to give a, an update and I I can't remember where I even started talking about this. I'm all in on Chesapeake Shores. Oh! You talked about it on this week's Pop Culture Club episode. Okay, well, for our Hallmark listeners, I did go back and start with season one. And I love it. It's really good. You know, it's like family drama like Brothers and Sisters. I don't know why I just pulled that one years ago, but you know, like a 30 something, -something. (laughs) more timely references. How about Parenthood? Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Like an ensemble family drama. Exactly. And it's a good cast. And I will say in the first season, I mean, we're we're getting to like them some meat in the story now. So I am looking forward to season two. I only have an episode and a half left of season one, so I will be starting season two soon. And I will say, last night while I was watching Girlfriendship, there was a commercial for Chesapeake Shores that said something like about this is the end. And I was like, oh no! Like I know it went away, and then like the fans <laughs> wanted it to yes. come back. And now I'm freaking out that it's gonna go away i'm gonna be so Mm. sad when it's over i believe this is the actual end this is the final final season i don't know i'm just i really holding out hope i am i really like the actors in it it's really good and it's so aesthetically pleasing to look at that i googled is chesapeake shores a real place in maryland it is not but they just live on this like lake or i don't know something on a shore it's beautiful well Wendy is watching. She purchased the first season, but we did a little research. It is available on the Friendly app yes. all six seasons. Yes, it is. Which I think now I feel compelled to watch. Well, I'll say like on the Friendly app, I'm going to have to watch commercials. Ah, because it's on demand. Yes, but on I watch on Prime now, Amazon, and it just skips right through those commercials. Uh, so I just really enjoy it. So shout out to all the people who said you need to watch it because they were right. They were right. Next up, the movie Bros came out this past weekend, starring our beloved Luke McFarlane and Billy Eichner also. Mm-hmm. We have plans to see this movie in the theater. I have been looking forward to this movie. I kind of wish it was streaming just because I'm lazy. It will be in like four weeks. You likely. think that quickly? Yeah. I will say, I looked up the Rotten Tomato score for this movie, and both the critic and the audience score are over 90%, which mm-hmm. is Good when they're the same because mm-hmm. I feel like you can trust it. Like mm-hmm. sometimes they're way off one way or the other. However, there was a New York Times article by a man named Brooks Barnes about the fact that the movie didn't do well in ticket sales, it sold about $4 million, which they said is 40% under what they had projected. And mm-hmm. I think this line is worth reading. Barnes says there's no easy way to say it when the reviews are this sensational, the marketing support is this substantive, this substantive and the theatrical footprint is this wide and ticket this and ticket sales are nonetheless this low, it suggests outright marketplace rejection. People don't want to see a gay rom-com. They've decided that that's not it for them. I'm here for it. Me too. It isn't it it does not even matter to me that there it is features a same sex couple. I just want to see it's a funny movie, right? That's that's all I care about. I want to have entertainment that's going to make me laugh. Yes. So we're going to go see it. We're going to add to those four million dollars yeah. in ticket sales. Oh well, you know it's so it's so weird because like movie theater going is still not to what it used to be. Right. Right. And. I was just saying to my daughter, like, oh, you and your friend should go see a movie. And she's like, like, what? Nothing's out. Mm -hmm. Because everything either comes to streaming, like, Mm -hmm. right away, or it's out, and it's out for, like, two weeks, and then it's gone. That's why I'm, like, a little bit of afraid if we don't go see Bros this week, we're not going to see it at all. right? So I just feel like, you know, not everybody's back in a movie theater yet. Well, and I think it's really interesting how they decide what movies go to theaters and what I was really surprised to see that Disney chose not to release Hocus Pocus 2 in theaters Mm -hmm. and it went straight to streaming. Because when that movie originally came out, it did not do well in theaters. And then I was reading an article and it found its footing when it started airing on TV and developed Uh, this kind of cult following. Hocus Pocus is not a good movie. Nobody is arguing that Hocus Pocus is a good movie. But there's something real campy about it. It's just... A cult classic. I don't watch this movie thinking, wow, this was great movie making. I just, we enjoy it in my family, mm-hmm. and we will watch Hocus Pocus 2, in fact, tonight. But I think with that cult following that it has, it could have done really well in the theaters, and they decided not to risk it. Because I think theater going, so people are like, if it's not big budget superhero movie, mm-hmm. Or Top Gun, Maverick movie. Yes. Yeah. Or you've got Julia Roberts and George Clooney in a rom-com. Totally want to see that as well. I do too. I'm going to watch the hell out of that movie. Yeah, me too. So <sighs> go see it, guys. Go see it. I want to support Luke McFarlane. I do too. I want 100%. him to do well. And I hope we see a lot more of him. Me too. Are you ready for news and notes about girlfriendship? Sure. Do I need to read the synopsis first? Please. Okay. After a booking mix-up, Samara's birthday getaway turns into a week-long journey where three friends rediscover passion, purpose, and romance. This movie originally aired Saturday, October 1st on the Hallmark Channel, and some categorization... Confusion. Sure, yeah. When you read an article that referred to this as a movie from the Mahogany line, it even said that Tamara Mowry Housley had referred to this as a movie from the Mahogany collection. As far as we can tell, that isn't actually the case. Right. Hallmark doesn't list it as a Mahogany movie, they list it in Fall into Love. Is that what the series is? Yeah, Fall into Love. Thank you. Yeah. I'm not sure that it matters, except that we don't, we want to correctly classify these movies. Right. And I don't want to fall into the trap of, oh, it has this huge cast that is all women of color, therefore it must be a mahogany movie. Right. That's a real dangerous road to trip down, also. So it's a Fall into Love movie, as far as we can tell. I agree. With some mahogany tie-ins that we'll get to later. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, not a mahogany movie for what it's worth. Yeah, totally. Well, let's talk more about this movie. Tell me some things. It was shot in the same location where the storyline takes place, which is so interesting to me. Yeah. Um, Edisto Island off of South Carolina coast. Edisto? I think it's Edisto. Okay. Sevier. Have you ever been there? I've been near there. I've been to Hilton Head. Uh-huh. Which there's some contention. Because the Gullah Geechee people that... Ariella, she is a descendant in this movie. And that's an actual group of people that live on a distal island. And they are the descendants of West Africans that were brought there as slaves. They were brought there because they were expert rice growers. And then they were sent to work on rice plantations. And... To this day, people still live there. However, I did read an article that there's been a lot of development that is kind of forcing them out. It's wow. been very gentrified. So I think, like Hilton Head, which is like classic resort nearby, is not necessarily looked upon very kindly from the residents of Adisto Island. Got it. Well, that's super interesting. Also, The Notebook was filmed there in two thousand four. I didn't know that. One of my favorite movies. Ever. It was also filmed when they go shopping. That is the Black Octopus Mercantile in North Charleston. That's funny you mentioned that because while that scene was on, I had noticed the logo in the window. And so I looked them up on Instagram last night. And I was like, kind of hoping for some, you know, behind the scenes stuff or. Whatever, their stories, none of it reflected that. So like I responded on one of their like recent pictures, which was like from earlier in the day. Anyway, I was like, did I just see your storefront in a Hallmark movie? And they responded back and said like, yes. And the interior too, when they were shopping. Oh, nice. So what is funny though, is the storefronts look totally different. Like, I don't know if like Hallmark production came in and gussied it up. They must have, because their front door on their Instagram has all these, like, stickers and stuff on Mm. it. There were no stickers. I went back and looked. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And there's a little plot next to the store on Instagram that's, like, empty. But in the movie, they had, like, vendors there selling stuff and whatever. So, I mean, I don't know if that's what it typically looks like, if they typically have vendors there or what it looks like. But anyway, it was interesting. I've never ever I don't think really seen like a name of a real store in a movie definitely not something that's common I would agree yeah I mean and it wasn't like totally obvious either they had like a rack of clothes in front of it and you could see it was an octopus and it said like black octopus I didn't see mercantile I ended up finding it I only noticed because I had seen ahead of time that oh really that That was where this was filmed. Got it. Well, I will say now, I I won't put this in the did you see it, but at the end of the movie where they revisit the hair salon, the exterior is like the same exterior. It's just you can't see the black octopus. (laughs) Isn't that weird? Oh, they use that exterior Uh shot. That's so funny. Anyway. All right. So this movie was directed By one Keisha Knight-Pelium, Miss Rudy Huxtable herself. I gasped out loud. Me too. I was like, I didn't know. I didn't even notice it, like, when they show the, you know, credits or whatever. I don't... No, I didn't either... One, I never read the credits. Mm -hmm. Two, I already knew that by the time we got to the credits, so I wasn't looking for it. Mm -hmm. She was in 177 episodes of The Cosby Show. She has acted since then. This is her first directing role, but I'm about to blow your mind with a little bit of an additional news and note about Ms. Keisha Knight-Pelium and this movie. Tell me. She is married to... Brad James, who plays Kareem in this movie. Oh, no. Wendy has some comments about his character, but I'm sure he's a lovely man. He's very, very nice smile. I really like the way you dress, too. I do have some thoughts about his character, Kareem. Well, they were married in 2021. Cute. Love it. The movie was originally called Girlfriend's Summer Getaway, and it was originally expected to premiere in July. It feels like a summer movie. It feels like a summer movie, right? Mm-hmm. I agree. I wonder why they moved it to fall. Maybe they're like, we got Christmas in July. Bounce. Yeah. 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 Maybe. Are you ready for first impressions of Girlfriendship? Uh, sure. Let's hear it. I feel like it was very meadow watching a Hallmark movie where the star works for a Hallmark <laughs> brand. I, so weird. I Yes. I... Okay, I originally had this in my day to see that, but I feel like I need to say it because I had a no, Megan, you actually didn't see that moment because, mm-hmm. as we all know, I have a bit of a short attention span. Mm-hmm. Wendy's yes. struggling with her hair right now. <laughs> oh, um. that's a girl who's <laughs> always touching I know. her hair. I am. We all know that I have a short attention span, and sometimes I'm not watching this with the eaglest of eyes. Mm-hmm. But in the opening m- meeting where Samara. All I really noticed was like, oh, she's a she's a numbers lady. Like, she's mm-hmm. a finance lady. I wasn't really paying attention. And then, like, You had, didn't see her walk by the huge mahogany? No, <laughs> I didn't. And then they, like, mentioned mahogany in the meeting. But I didn't notice any of that. I was just like, this is a meeting. Who cares? And later on, she's sitting at the table with her friend Eva. And Eva's talking about how important it is to bring black women to the table and celebrate their culture and i wrote down in my notes is this a promo for mahogany (laughs) and then at the end of the movie well they discuss mahogany at the end after i watched it i went back to the beginning and they very clearly referenced mahogany in that opening scene, so that was a that was a me moment. But I really was like, "Wow, Eagle Eye Megan! Like, look at the mahogany tie-in." I mean, it was not subtle. It was not a secret. You did like, not see anything there, Megan. Like, Is this an Easter egg in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> look at me finding the Easter egg already. That's so proud of myself. Oh my god! You're so-, so anyway, my first impression of this movie. Is it confusing that Tamara plays a character named Samara? Yeah, it totally is. Why did they do that? (laughs) I don't know. They're like... I mean, they named the character, obviously, before they cast the movie, but... Do you think? I mean, they changed the titles of these movies, like, on a whim. They could have easily changed her name. They're like, we're going to hire Tamara, so let's just change it to Samara. That's so funny. I just feel, yeah, maybe they're like, or they just didn't want to find and replace in their script and i don't know and it's so funny you mentioned that because when i heard her character's name i was like wait is her name tamara in the movie and then like then i heard it's samara let's talk about what we liked about this movie okay i have i have mine can i tell you please i thought this story had a lot of depth okay um, I cared about the three lead characters a lot yes. in their lives. And I thought there were pieces from each of their lives that I found super relatable. Okay. I have a lot. Okay. One, the clothes. Oh my gosh. The costume designer, the wardrobe, whoever it is, they did it again. Like such, I felt like the wardrobe was so stunning and aspirational in this movie agree though i have a note and i'm gonna put it here and i'm not sure who to blame for this one and i think it's wardrobe but kareem's daughter i thought she was a child at first i thought Uh she was 12 i'm like who dressed this girl and Uh then i find out she's 18 and i'm like what my brain is not working like agree she looked too young Mm -hmm. i thought they dressed her too young but as for the ladies yeah gorgeous looked amazing yes yes Okay, there's a scene in the movie where they do a burn it, bless it, bestow it ceremony, and mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie, I feel like as a, a woman in her 40s, I felt like I could really relate to that moment. You, that's way too woo woo. I you. know that's normally not me. That's normally me. I know. And when Eva had her old ratty sweater that she like held onto for comfort, and her friends were like, "You need to like move away from what's comfortable." Mm-hmm. I was really feeling it in that moment. Oh, were you? I thought it was a really beautiful moment in the movie. It was. I agree, too. I don't really know how to say this next part. And please call me out if I'm being an asshole. But what I think is important in these Hallmark movies is that not only are we casting a diverse array of characters, but we also represent what their lives actually look like. Mm -hmm. And I feel like unthinkably good things... Did that, and we talked about this in the episode where one of the characters was like, as a black woman, these are the things I need to consider in my career. And they made a point of having that discussion from that perspective. Right. This movie does that in big and small ways, too. But one really small way that I thought was it, – it struck me was – Renée is doing the hair of Kareem's daughter. Kareem's yeah, daughter. And she says, "Eva, can you get me my edge control from my bag?" I got I heard. Yes, yes. And I was like, that's such like a it made sense in the moment. Yes. But this is important. This makes sense for these women. Mm-hmm. We're not just taking people of color and dropping them into the pre-existing stories. Right. We're making the stories work as they should exist. I agree. Yes. And I, I I, think that that's a really small way to do it, but it really worked for me. I agree. I thought it was notable in a good way. I agree. Another thing I liked. Mm-hmm. I wrote, whoop, whoop, a conversation that went straight to the point. Okay. Samara oh, is mad yes. at Kareem. Yes. And instead of stomping out and ignoring him, she says, are you in a relationship? Mm-hmm. That's the first thing she says. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, thank thank you. Well, you know what? I think it was like right before that when she was talking to her friend, she said something like, I can like run away from it or I can be a woman and talk to him about it. And she's like, and I'm a woman. And I was like, I love it. Yes. I love it. Yes. My last like is, Adisto Island is gorgeous, but it's not fall at all, y'all. Well, now we know it wasn't supposed to be a fall I movie. movie. I don't know what fall in South Carolina is like. Do you? I'm gonna assume it's hurricaneish, right? <laughs> right now, in some, yeah. Uh, recent weather. There were a lot of funny lines throughout this movie. One was when they were talking about taking this trip, and there was the difference between what was the name of these trips? Oh. The re rewilding and wilding out. Yes. <laughs> and she goes, one sounds like woo woo, and one sounds like woo woo, yeah. and I was like, that is. So funny. I thought it was so funny. Yes, that was very funny. I laughed out loud. I did too. The other thing I really liked in this movie, it was the side storyline of Samara's mom. Oh, yes. I would love to see a whole movie about an only child who is a caretaker to a parent Uh, with memory loss. And I'm sure Hallmark has done this movie. I just haven't seen it since 2020. Yeah, well, I think, I believe we are getting... Not necessarily the only child angle, but we're getting a parent with memory loss in Countdown to Christmas. Oh, are we? I can't recall. Mm-hmm. There's 40 movies, guys. I can't I remember in my index. <sighs> yes. Maybe it's just relatable to me because I'm just at that age in life. Yeah. Where you have aging parents, you know? Yeah. I just want to see stuff like that on my TV. Right. Anyway. It's time for what we wished for. Mm-hmm. hmm I thought they spent too much time trying to get out of the vacation. Like Once they realized they had made a mistake, I felt like there was too much attention given to how can we get out of here? How can we get out of here? Mm-hmm. How can we get out of here? And that got old to me. Hygiency to you? Yeah. And like, you're there. What are you going to do? Like, you've spent this money on this week vacation. Is it realistic? We're just going to burn the however much money we spent on this and we can hop flights the next day yeah. that felt unrealistic to all me. right you're like just go for it right just lean in yeah did you see at the end though when uh, samara comes back and <laughs> three the- ladies <laughs> were obviously booked the wrong trip the too. bobo girlfriends yes oh it's so funny <laughs> i'm gonna talk about cream here for a second okay i don't think he was cool at all, especially when Samara is talking to his daughter and is encouraging her about her art and her passion for art. And he flips out and he's like, it's time to take you back to wherever. And he storms out and she goes out after him. And he's like, I needed you to back me up in there. And I'm like, excuse me, sir. Like, this is a parenting conversation. Like she is not a co-parent. She's someone you met. Four days ago, right. she was simply encouraging your daughter based on what she walked into and saw. Right. And he was like so out of line, I thought. I agree with you. So that made me not like him. My other wish was why does Kareem support Samara's art dream, but not his daughter? Well, he talked about, and this is maybe goes into a little bit what you talked about at the top of the show was that he was like, she is needed here. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering if that is some sort of tie in to the gentrification of the Mm -hmm. Island. And maybe we're just as viewers didn't know kind of like that backstory there. Like why was she needed on the Island? I don't, I don't think that was a story that was well told Mm -hmm. other than, I mean, clearly this was a small community that he was in. He felt like he was needed on the island. He wasn't branching out. And I I wondered if his not being willing to let go of her had to do with hi- him not saying it out loud, but feeling stuck, feeling like he couldn't pursue his dream. Oh, good so if point. he wasn't going to do it, then uh-huh. nobody was going to mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. And it felt like, look, she's 18. And at some point, she's just going to leave with or without your blessing. I mean... Didn't she get a full-ride scholarship to college? She yeah. didn't have to listen to what he said. I know. I, I'm telling you, back to the wardrobe thing, I thought she was 12, and when that, the hairdresser lady, tell me her name again. Renee. When she was talking about adopting children, I'm like, oh, she's going to adopt this girl. Like, oh. I thought she was a child still. I thought she was a child until she said, are you going to college? And she said, apparently not. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. like, what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, cream, he mm, mm, just eh, disappointed me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Something else I wished for here is that I was hoping that Samara would have realized that Cream was like not made as a romantic partner, but like as a f- friend who encouraged her mm-hmm. to pursue her passions. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just like she bounced off the island and it was good and they could have left it there for me. Yeah. I didn't I don't need the end kiss thing. Like I just don't. And they could have still had that scene. Look, I've this is my cafe. I'm very excited about it and they can support each other's dreams and like I'd love to be your first patron. Right. I don't need to be your girlfriend. Yeah, exactly. Like, how's that gonna work? The dude lives on an island and she now has a new illustrator job for mahogany. (laughs) So now they're gonna have a long distance relationship. I what what's happening here? I felt like this movie had a lot going on and didn't fully flesh out a lot of what was going on. I felt very confused by Samara's job. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I was a casual Hallmark watcher, I wouldn't have known that she worked for a company that makes cards. Mm-hmm. I was like, kept re-watching scenes trying to see if they made that clear. And I didn't think they did make yeah. it And they're like, she's talking about travel, Mm -hmm, and she's mm -hmm. talking about planning events. And I was like, what is this company? It wasn't clear to me. Yeah. Um, I felt like there were a lot of stories that needed just a little bit more information. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, now here is the part where I might sound like the asshole. Oh. At the top, I said that this movie has a lot of depth to it. The story had a lot of depth to it. And with, like, unthinkably good things Again, I know this is not a mahogany movie under the banner, but I f- feel like some of these newer movies are are showing women that have full lives, mm-hmm. right? And on the flip side of that, their Hallmark has movies where it's like white girl princess looking to get married. What makes me feel like an asshole is that women of color have been so unrepresented in entertainment for so long and i and especially on hallmark channel and i'm so happy that they're making these movies that are illustrating their lives Mm -hmm. so i feel guilty like for asking for a movie that has depth for it that shows someone like me we get the like the fluffy stuff I think Hallmark is walking a very fine line here, and I think if they were to make fluffy throwaway movies featuring women of color... Which there are, they have, I'm sure. I mean, look, like, Holly Robinson Pete is a regular Hallmark actress. She was in all those evergreen movies. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to tell you that there's depth in evergreen. Right. That's real classic Hallmark holiday. Right. Which I'm not knocking. I'm just saying those are light, fluffy Hallmark fare. I think if you're going to take a cast that's almost entirely people of color and... Throw garbage at them, then maybe that's not going to be as well received either. Right. But I think it's this balance, right? We it kind of comes into, we talked about how Hallmark represents these movies on their Instagram account. Yes. Do yeah. they receive the same level of promotion as, you know, their top-billing white actors? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily. Is Hallmark doing it perfectly? I think the answer is no. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't mean I'm not happy that they're doing it right but yeah it it is not perfect right and i was trying to think back to the wedding veil series yes and you know that three-part movie had some depth to it but it was also about like these women who are getting married yeah it was like three wedding stories it's not like friendship and women of a certain age and dealing with life and health and parents who are sick and job changes and stuff like that's what I want to see right a Christmas sale I think is an example of where we got a little bit more depth okay well when the ladies, have dinner at kareem's house mm-hmm. he cooks them a lovely meal and they're like cheering, and they're like this was so good there's so much uneaten food on the table oh bowls of green beans and rice and like and then they had like food that was like sort of eaten on their plate and it just was uh, funny that's all prop food this first one i'm going to toss when you give someone a gift if someone gives you a gift you say what is it no you say thank you and you open it yeah in tv often you hand someone a gift and they say what is it open it you jackass kareem gives samara a gift and she says what is it open it oh yeah but it was obvious that was an easel and then she opened it she's like paints yeah um there wasn't even tissue paper in the bag like look in he's handing you a gift it's for you you know i like to dig into the tweets there were not a ton of tweets about this movie Mm One tweet from One Kiss Means Forever says: "So far, the most unbelievable part of the movie is that a mother of three young kids could just up and leave for a week." I I will say I agree with that. Uh, there was that part, and uh, Samara, who was like working, she gets a phone call like, "Hey, we're leaving tonight. Like, don't you gonna ask for time off?" Like, Seriously, yeah, I'm gonna work remotely. You can just do that. I don't know. And she kind of didn't. What did you rate this movie? I thought this was a good movie. I gave it three and a half stars. Exactly what I gave it. All right. All right. We will be back with next week. We have two more weeks of fall movies before we kick off countdown to Christmas. If you haven't listened to our preview episode, we encourage you to hop back, take a listen, hear our thoughts on all of those. We'll be back next week with a brand new Girls Gone Hallmark review. Leave us a review of your own on your way out in the Apple podcast app. Thanks so much and goodbye. Bye.